Well, we neither of us got around to just mercy for this week, which yeah, we said I, we would. But uh, we are these these episodes aren't all back back recorded. We're kind of doing this in real time. So that was just like two days yeah. ago. We said that <laughs> right. I'll get around to watching it within the next couple of nights for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I, uh, I definitely it's on you know high on my watch list but i actually haven't been watching a whole lot uh i've been editing and listening to music i've been listening to a lot of podcasts in the last like few months and i've been getting back into you know on on my walks around the neighborhood to get out of the house um i've been going back to music um and you know i listened to to pimp a butterfly which i told you about in the last episode Oh yeah, I um, I did based on your recommendation from beginning to end. Listen through it again. Oh, you know, because that's an album that has so many hits on it. I forgot that I haven't heard the whole album. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. I, I yeah. can think of so many songs off of it in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that album. But it's a story. It's a concept yeah. album, and that's an, it. Yeah, it hits different when you listen from beginning to end. I also want to talk about the brand new Run the Jewels album. I texted yeah. you about that too. Did you listen? I did. I so oh, you told fuck. me to listen to it while walking. I listened yeah. to it while working out. Not to be yeah. like, yeah, I'm a guy who works out. More to be like, <laughs> it was very, very perfect music to pump well, iron to. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean that's Just like, like all Run the Jewels music is like perfect workout music. So I have. Uh, you might not know, but I'm sure you know more than I do. So I waited to even ask you until now. <laughs> did that album literally just drop like it days just ago did. or something? Because yeah, days ago, it yeah. references things that are relevant uh-huh. right now. It's re- yeah. it references. Uh, is that it? I think it's directly referencing um, like the George Floyd murder and yeah. how uh, Killer Mike like is dealing with like his feelings about it and like his feelings about. It, yeah police and like america and like i mean more than that too it kind of dives into the fact that they're you know uh killer mike is black and yeah. what's the other guy's name oh i always forget it's like mc or something like that <laughs> it's like yeah him being white and how that like affects their music and their listeners and like who's listening to their music i don't know yeah, i felt very they, uh they address it like, yeah i felt addressed as a listener you know which was lp uh, is his name LP, yeah. <laughs> MC. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I I mean, you know, I, I, I want to continue, you know, what we were talking about last episode, talking about making sure we're highlighting black artists and stuff. And I felt a little conflicted with the fact that they're like half and half. But so much of what they're talking about is directly addressing like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the racial you know, injustice that has been happening for so many years. And I think that's part of the reason, like I was listening through it and thinking the same thing, you know, like so much of this is directly relevant right now, like literally in the last week yeah, and a half. Yeah, they like write this right now? You but know? also think. these issues have been a problem for a really long time. It's not just, you know, all happening right now. These are issues that have been a massive problem and are, only coming to a large portion of the population's like forefront of thought whether or not we've been aware of it before anyway it's not specific it's like repetitive things which makes this album is gonna still hit in like 15 well we really hope it won't oh god i hope not 
but albums like this it probably will though like, i mean it it's reminiscent of album older albums though because yeah. of the subject matter being i mean it's it's tiring it's it it needs to be repe- repeated because history is repeating itself which is I mean, just yeah there there's a moment in the track uh walking in the snow where uh oh, a highlight on that I mean, every song is a highlight. Oh man, but they're all just that was one of my favorites. Slap, but um, Killer Mike references like "I can't breathe," which is unfortunate that that is not a new thing. Yeah, that's Eric what Garner. I when I was listening to that because of that, I was thinking in my head like this could have been written before all this started happening. Yeah, I, it could have been written right now. It could have been written before, but it feels well, they like... announced it weeks ago. I don't think I I don't doubt that it's possible that. You know, they went back and like t- took added, a second look at tracks, but. but that's really it's just it really like hits your emotions to think about the fact. That, or that's not the right wording. It really <laughs> it hits hits it me hits right in the emotions. emotions. <laughs> it just uh, it becomes a lot more um, urgent when you realize that these messages. Wow, this sounds like it was written by, about what's happening right now. Well, it's possible it was all written two months ago. So think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes it a lot more urgent. Right. Uh, great album. And you you even suggested I listen to them back to back. RTJ4 and To Pimp a Butterfly. And yeah. it's, it's one of those things where back to back both become different. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. That's, that's great music. I've also been... Uh, a movie I wanted to highlight that I saw, or I, I don't want to dominate, but I do definitely really okay. want to talk about this movie. Um, Sorry to Bother You. Was that one you Ooh, saw when it came out? Yes, it was. One of my favorite of that year. It I was, just I rewatched think, it. Ooh. Holy cow. It. Oh my God. What a different movie right now. I mean, it's the yes, same movie, 100%. but you, you, things mean more to you if you are... Yeah. You know, because a lot of people haven't op- didn't have their eyes open is a good way of putting it when that movie right. came out. And it was like, oh, this is a weird. What does this mean? What? Is- oh, this is dumb and weird. Yeah. And it's like watching it now. Oh, I get it. I get some things <laughs> yeah. that I was like, I don't know if I I mean, I think I get what he was going for. But maybe it was a little too far. It's like, nope, it was on the money. Right yeah. on the money. Like. And that's what's so fucked up about that movie. Almost a little bit too on the money. Like exactly, <laughs> we were we were watching. <laughs> I almost felt bad because I'd seen it. Eva hadn't, and I almost felt a little bad <laughs> that I had recommended we watch it. I, but I, you know, I had said beforehand, like it's you know kind of like a uh, an investment mentally. You know, you've got to. And the thing is, is even the first few minutes of the movie, you don't realize you're about to invest your whole mental state into this movie. It's like it continues to build and build and build. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one major aspect of it that I did not understand the first time. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I understood, but it didn't quite hit in the same way. I mean, I got the very obvious commentary about the like no worry program thing, but that's like directly about prison labor like that is 100 percent the prison system and christ it's (laughs) i don't know it just really it's one of those movies that uses some hard-hitting imagery and symbolism Mm -hmm. that makes you go oh wow well i'm glad we don't live in that world and then you go oh shit wait yeah because it's like even though there are things about it that are like 
this is almost like out of a different universe or something. Right. It It's not at it, all. Yeah. It's not one of those things where the metaphor is showing you what it could be. It's just showing you an alternate version of it right. to make you go, oh, well, that's super fucked up. Well, yeah. this is the same. It's yeah. the same. It's just a, a twist. This is just showing you it from like a different angle almost, you know? Yeah. It goes... It goes so many different places, and Boots Riley has like a lot to say. It's amazing. This Isn't is this his, first his film. debut? Yeah, yeah holy yeah. crap! And um, it goes all over the place, and it seems kind of, I, I, you know, it has a lot to say, but it's all related, and it's all stuff that we are questioning as a society right now. And it gets uncomfortable, you know. It gets yeah. pretty uncomfortable, but you know, look at the title. Sorry to bother you with like all these notions of like, yeah. Yeah, and anything else you wanted to you wanted to talk about? If only for a minute, I wanted to see if you have as much nostalgia about this movie as I do because I just rewatched it, and maybe it could even be a future podcast episode. Oh, are you a Kiki's Delivery Service guy? <laughs> we just watched uh, Howl's Moving Castle, Ooh, uh, another, like another good. I one. don't know, a little while ago, but I've seen Kiki's. It's been a while, and I was, I think, I don't know the influence or something, uh, so I don't remember it that well. Man, I just rewatched it, and I don't even need to really talk about it. I just want to say, though, nostalgia is different when it's studio. Is it Studio Ghibli or Ghibli? Yeah. I've always Gif heard Gif. Ghibli. Ghibli? That's me, too. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't have been able to say Gif or Jif if I you know, didn't go for it there. So, uh, <laughs> But any, like, Spirited Away... Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service and mm -hmm. Princess Mononoke for me are three movies that if I turn them on, I know that they're really good. They're like critically mm -hmm. acclaimed. People talk about them, but like the nostalgia is so powerful. They could be shit movies and I would just have no idea. I'm bawling my eyes out at the music alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on that for because it uh it felt appropriate with our theme of the sure. podcast. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, this is a new lens. A uh, podcast that Calvin and I started about revisiting old media that we enjoyed when we were kids. Now in the lens, the new lens of amateur filmmakers. So uh, this week we're talking about the episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, The Blue Spirit. Ooh. Calvin, you want to give us a little recap of the episode and then we can dive into, you know, our thoughts. Absolutely. So quite the journey we go through on this one and actually it's interesting i always for some reason think that uh some of this plot happens in the episode the storm i'm always prepared for Sokka and yeah me Katara too i was gonna say the same the thing storm. this yeah when i watched this episode it when i watched it i mean it felt like oh wow i thought this was two episodes yeah it's it's because they're well related um it, it kind of flows right in from the storm where uh you know, Sokka was out on the ship with that sailor, and being out in that storm made him sick. So he and Katara get sick, and Aang has to go out to find medicine for them. We get a, a glimpse over before the rest of the action happens at this Fire Nation sort of base, uh, where Zhao is trying to convince this uh, commander, captain? I don't know what, what level he is, but... He's trying to convince him to let him use the Yu Yang archers. And uh, he gets the update that he's been promoted to Admiral. And he gets to control these these archers and use them to try and hunt down the Avatar. 
who ang is chasing down this uh this medicine this healer on top of a mountain and he finds her she tells him that he needs to get these frozen frogs to heal his friends so in searching for them he gets attacked by these archers and captured um we think he's not going to be able to make it out zhao has him in uh custody basically <laughs> and this masked blue spirit breaks into the fire nation base and breaks ang out through this very entertaining action sequence and and creative action sequence as they're finally getting away the blue spirit gets hit with an arrow in his mask and gets knocked out knocking the mask off and we see a scar on the face it's zuko who broke ang out and we have this beautiful little scene of the two of them connecting in the forest for a moment but uh zuko fires at him and Ang gets away and saves his friends and that's sort of the course of this episode and we don't always uh you know give away a big reveal of an episode but in this one particular I wanted to be able to talk about it as we're going through so that's sort of the course this episode takes I love this episode me too man it's one that I uh look forward to watching and think about through the rest of the show especially that moment at the end which we'll get to because I know we kind of talk through the steps of the episode, mm-hmm. um, so it 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 opens. I, is this one of the first times where it just like opens on not a main character? It opens on yeah, Zhao right. and that guy with the archers and what looks. It really reminds me of like the Great Wall of China, the area that mm-hmm. they're these archers are training in, and they even say uh, the guy who who's like commanding them says like I'm not gonna just let you take these guys. Uh, we use these guys to guard the wall, and Zhao's like, "Come on, you're over, or you're right. underutilizing these guys' skills." Yeah. Personally, I thought that's a that's a great idea. You know, T- taking the most talented archers in the entire nation and having them line up along the wall. Yeah, that's r- brilliant. Your base is gonna be. Well, no one's getting in there <laughs> now. It's defenseless, Zhao. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, so I like that guy. I mean, I don't like him because he's Fire Nation, but it, it shows you that difference between a guy who's, you know, uh, like a military leader in the Fire Nation using tactics, and Zhao is genuinely, by the end of the episode especially, we see he's genuinely just, uh, I think the word, he's a fascist, is the yeah. right way to describe him, right? Yeah, yeah. And that I mean, it shows oh us God. that in this episode pretty yeah. heavily. We, we get a big glimpse into that uh, later on. I do want to point out that this hawk is actually the first thing we see, and it struck me particular because it's in the it's the same design as the like hawk companion that they were going to give Zuko. That's in the like sort of you know pre actual published content pilot that they produced. That's right. They still worked it in. It's not Zuko's hawk, but it's I like it's that a messenger hawk, hawk. They use they they use it's like owls in Harry Potter, but yeah. Uh, I love that there's consequences from the previous episode, uh, both of them getting sick. Yeah. I don't know if this is like, I keep doing this in, in this podcast, like reading into the science of the show, but I think it's, it's interesting. interesting that uh, Sokka gets sick. I feel like Katara just like wouldn't naturally get sick from something like that because she's mm-hmm. a waterbender. So like her body is like, huh. I don't know. I feel like her body would equal equalize her, its temperature or something. Hmm. But she gets sick by getting sick from Sokka. 
You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like she didn't get it from the cold. She got it right. by contact, which I thought was, I don't know. I, <laughs> I kind of maybe read into it too much, but it's just cool. And it's cool that, uh, that they're sick, that it's like, that's the reason they're incapacitated. Something so simple that could happen to anyone. And they're just like on a journey and their kids, mm-hmm. of course, like they could get sick. Uh, when, when she started coughing, I, I was definitely like, oh, put on a mask. <laughs> yeah. <got> the Rona. <laughs> Ooh. Totally. I thought the same thing. Um, Social distance. Yeah. I love that Aang was looking for stuff to help, and he was like, I couldn't find ginger root, but I found a map. <laughs> and the map leads to this healer or whatever, which... Which makes me wonder, where are they? Because this yeah. healer uh, at the top of the mountain, um, I don't know if this is skipping ahead too far, but she describes being like at one point with a bunch of other people and now she's alone yeah well she also comments on like those brave boys the earth warriors that sometimes come up and ask for healing so do you think that they're in a once uh defensed or defended uh earth kingdom city that Mm -hmm. has now been just completely burned by the fire nation oh yeah i think and she's still there because she's at like the top of the mountain so they just were like ah fuck it shit yeah i think you're right oh man i didn't even i didn't even register like the ruins that they're in as the thing that made me think about that was there's like this painting behind appa throughout the whole episode and i'm like okay so they're in like someone's house or something because it's like a nice painting in the background you know you don't just have that in a like a garden or what i mean maybe you would but it seemed like (laughs) something you would put in a house in this in this universe at least right and i don't know the whole episode i was thinking about that like they could have been in a cave this whole episode, but they chose to put these characters in. And all the shit Momo keeps bringing back, he's not like flying to a different city right. and coming back. Yeah. And nobody caught him. You would think someone would stop him from bringing all that stuff, but it's all loose stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It makes you think like there just might be in an abandoned little town. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Man, I didn't even think about that. For some reason, I was just like, yeah, they're in ruins. But they're in an Earth, like, home. (laughs) They're, like, in an Earth mansion that was... Yeah, there's, like, subtle story building happening throughout the episode. It's so cool. Uh, Which leads into Aang. So, they're sick. He gets uh, headed towards this lady on the top of the mountain. (laughs) Super fast, the the wind Yeah, he leaves behind his uh, staff. I love that he thinks it's going to storm. I don't think it even does, does it though? But it's it's windy. That's that's why. Oh, because that's right. It's, it's windy as fuck. That's right. So it would be really dumb of him to use that uh, right. his his flying staff, his glider, his glider, uh, his flying staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also like just a cool way to show us that he how he can use his airbending just to move on feet faster. Him yeah. running like the wind is like a really cool little. I don't know, a little Superman thing. Yeah. And then those guys are like, ah, it says here he can run like the wind. No way. They sound the horn. Um, oh, and then I love that they call it Fire Lord propaganda when they're talking yeah. about those things. That's kind of interesting. This show doesn't totally doesn't mind just using direct like it doesn't it shy away from it. that stuff. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't shy totally. away. I love uh, that. Like Zhao's speech later, which we'll get. Holy to. shit. Yeah. yeah we... My God. Um, but Zuko gets the word that Zhao is like in control now. He's been promoted to Admiral and any word on the Avatar, he has orders 
in the entire Fire Nation army, any word goes to him first. So it makes sense that Zuko's like feeling the pressure and you see him like sort of uh, <laughs> trying to vent like fire fighting no <laughs> one practicing on the deck, which actually I, I did want to point out. It's another thing my brother actually pointed out um, listening through our episodes, hope, wishing that we had talked about in an earlier episode is the architecture of the ship. I mean, we talked about the front that sort of like slams down and like that sort of conquest sort of thing. But the huge empty deck, that's also very interesting and a notable choice and not just like an animation one because they've made choices that aren't necessarily super easy to animate before. But it's just, it's it's a cultural one because like in Agni Kai, the, it's just an open field because you don't want to burn shit down. It's like the deck oh, wow. is for yeah, practicing, it's not like, like for what he's with... doing things and like levels and amassed and all this stuff it's just straight up an arena it's like a training arena yeah you're so right yeah i just thought that was interesting and that makes you think even further about the fire nation and how like even in their ship traveling from place to place they would still make sure there's an area where they could fight each other you know yeah (laughs) right yeah (laughs) that's them at heart you know uh miyuki is the best cat oh my god throw that out there also Miyuki. That spoiled fucking cat. <laughs> she, I know. She it's makes him like a gourmet, like plum blossom meal. Plum blossom every... is his favorite. And, <laughs> and he just sits there and like, like just yeah, the face, on it. just like yeah, yeah his, his prissy little face. Kind of love it. <laughs> I, I mean, I love it, but yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm equal parts fuck you, Miyuki, and I kind of want that cat. The main fuck you is that lady could have just told Aang right away about the frozen frogs yeah what the hell and it's kind of her fault he gets ambushed because maybe if you would have left right away the the the, uh the yu yang um archers wouldn't well maybe they were waiting i mean they sound the horn as he's going up to her and they are there waiting for him when he exits yeah so there probably was nothing They, they were probably waiting there already you know although i don't know actually yeah it's kind of that let's blame the old lady let's blame her (laughs) shit oh man should have told him it's wild when he walks out and uh, and they start firing at him. Yeah, you get a true idea of how good they are. One thing I was thinking is also like he's an airbender, so he which is kind of a per, like one of the only people who would be able to be matched against archers who send arrows flying through the air. And also, it's fucking windy. The gust is like almost blowing him over like you see his clothes and the way it's animated and and the you know gusts and they're just like lines accounting for that perfectly they are so it's like even more of a testament to to how incredible they are but also makes me think like it would not have taken as long for them to capture ang if it was not as oh yeah you know yeah oh totally he's in the perfect situation to escape but still can't because they're that good yeah I was just going to say, I love how they're shown almost like uh, they're they're arrow bending, you know, like every skilled bender can use an element like it's an extended, uh, like another hand or something. They can literally use it like another muscle. And these guys do that with the bow and arrow. It's something we I don't think we've seen yet on this show, like someone being that skilled with just a weapon. Just as yeah. skilled as someone would be with water right. bending or earth bending. I mean, mostly uh, we've seen normal it, it people reminds us, and benders. Like Jet. Kind of reminds yeah. me of Jet oh, being that's with true. his swords. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And they really are. 
fucking incredible. And honestly, once they start like, <laughs> once they start jumping down and like hopping through oh, the trees, and the way and how that they it shows like hop them and doing freeze it, and like they just have no fear. They know that they're going to be able to like shoot an arrow and make a grapple hook out of it or something. It kind of makes me go, man, Zhao was kind of right. I mean, <laughs> you're just having these guys just stand on okay, a wall yeah, good all day. Point. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, like, they're not just good at shooting. They're like actually really, really tra- good. <laughs> like like they could do anything. Soldiers. Yeah. You're so yeah. right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I get I, I get both sides on that. But yeah, I just love the animation, the way that they move. I love the dynamic angles that they use in that forest yeah. scene as he's jumping down and it reminded me of a them. different show for that little sequence almost. Like I was yeah. re- it's really exhilarating. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, there are moments in this episode in particular that felt like the stakes were a lot higher than they have been. Yeah. I feel like we are at that point now in the show though. It's not just like a a rare thing it's like oh no in the show now the stakes are high and right. this is Actually, like one of those first times that we're seeing that one moment where i felt the stakes rise that we kind of skipped over but uh when zuko does find out that Zhao is taking control of the hunt for the avatar he expresses like i'm about to lose to him and i it, it just occurred to me he's like my honor my nation yeah he would have like, like I'm no about to way lose of getting it after that he's, He's banished. I forget that. I mean, this like, is his only way back. He's not just like searching for the avatar to restore his honor. He's searching for the avatar to be let back into his country. Yeah, like <laughs> if he decided to just give up on it, okay, well then you're just like, uh, I mean, and he's probably thinking like my country is going to take over the world. Right. So if I don't do this and they right. do that, I'll basically just be a peasant. You know. Yeah. They will be. It'll be the whole world. I'll be banished from the world. I felt the stakes rise in that moment for sure. Absolutely. Even though Iroh was over there just being like, you want to play me again? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just swindling the, the, the soldiers. Awesome. Um, there, and also the stakes feel high when Aang does finally get caught. Yeah. You know, he's like, trying to get really, those frogs. And the, I was like, holy crap. Arrows into like, we're arm. this early into the show, but I almost am worried Aang's just caught. Is this the yeah. end of the show? It right? feels like that almost. Uh, and then Zhao is a huge dick to him oh man he's not just like he's not just like ah we got you he's like hey we got you and by the way everyone you loved is dead how does it feel it's like oh my god christ man and it doesn't just make ango that's not gonna work it just makes him sad yeah he like breaks for a minute it like i don't know that really really broke me i was like why would you i mean it's amazing how how much ferocity he comes back to Zhao with at the very with beginning that, of that little that scene gust of wind he's like i never hid from you and you know like untie yeah, me right, right now. now kick your ass Zhao's, <laughs> Zhao's a pussy he wouldn't have done it he wouldn't have and oh man uh i the dynamic that like if we we're not gonna let you die like then you'll just become reborn like that we're just gonna keep you here imprisoned and we'll keep you alive but just barely. Oh. Like, whole totally different stakes, you yeah. know? <laughs> to the pain, to oh. reference uh, the Princess Oh, Bride. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, classic. And he says, like, no one's coming for you. And I don't know if he knows, like, I does Zhao know that he has friends? Because he's right, because they're incapacitated right now. But I, that just made me think, like... Did somehow they find out that the friends were sick because they were asking why I was collecting frogs or something? I don't think Aang would say that. Or is 
in his mind, is he just like, your friends aren't going to be able to break into my fucking Fire Nation base with all these archers that are now here on the walls, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Or did he, after telling Aang all that, go go off and find a guy and is like, all right, start searching for the bison. Right. We know he travels with one or something, you know? Yeah. He just said that to kind of get to him and maybe he has no idea. But either way, he is right, unfortunately. Yeah. And then... I want to talk about the blue spirit just a little bit here because I love the idea of it and the execution because it could be, yeah, I don't know how to explain that. This is a memorable character. It's a different character than Zuko. It's Mm -hmm. revealed that it's Zuko, but while he's the blue spirit, Mm -hmm. it almost feels like Zuko's using it as an excuse to be like a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, when he's fighting with Aang, even though it's motivated by, I need to get the Avatar, there are totally moments in the fight where you're like, they're working, they're working as a freaking team. Yeah. He's he's so skilled, and I, I just think they play the perfect balance of, there is nothing leading you to believe throughout the entire beginning of this episode that Zuko would be the Blue Spirit. There's no connection there. And then as soon as it is revealed... It makes it, so much it's sense. It's just like, oh, duh. Yeah. Because it's like Zuko has no other options. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's what he's. That's all he really can do. He needs to figure out a way to be able to. But at the same time, he doesn't become the Blue Spirit because he's exhausted of options. He's the Blue Spirit in that very first scene when Zhao yeah. becomes promoted. Right. Mm-hmm. So this might have been a thing he's been doing for a while. Yeah, he was already, like, spying on them to find out what Zhao was doing, which I actually thought about because I I saw him in the first scene, and having watched the show, I know it's Zuko, and I was like, why is he there, and how did he get there, like, if he's out on his ship? But then I saw the ships meeting up, so he was near the Fire Nation base um, in his ship, so it makes sense that he would sneak out, and I guess it makes sense also that he's... Like keeping an eye on Zhao because he knows he's like his biggest. Uh, and it's not like a, I don't think it's explicitly stated, but it almost feels like a little bit more reassurance as to why he's so good at finding them. Yeah. Because if he's right. not only Zuko and he's also at night, like a sneaky, stealthy dude who can listen in on Zhao and listen in on people, then it makes a lot more sense how he'd be able to just like find out where someone is so much quicker than you would think, you know? So much of his, like, physical skills that we've seen are completely firebending-centric, you know? Like, we've seen that he's a good tracker and stuff like that, but we now understand that he is so skilled in so many ways. The twin swords. Oh, so cool when Aang, uh, like, during the the escape, when Aang almost, he could get away on his own, and then he stops and turns, and, like, the Mm -hmm. walls are closing. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, like, a moment where it's just still as the Blue Spirit, Zuko fighting, like, eight Fire Nation dudes with spears. And it's so cool because it's, it's, since it's animation, you know, there's no reason to have just, like, one of the guys in the background just standing there. You know Mm -hmm. how, like, in a movie you have a guy fighting eight guys. It's almost like he takes turns with one at a time. Right. But this, they were able to show us how skilled he is. He's able to literally fight, like, three guys at once in some spots, and, oh, he's hitting one guy with his foot, and another guy he's blocking with his sword, and then he, like, splits a spear, and then, yeah, uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. It, it shows the difference also, it made me think of Jet's hook swords. 
Oh and yeah, gave me perspective on that because it's very different. The way that they totally. fight, the way that and the, the style and everything. Different. Yeah. Uh, wow, I didn't think about that at all. But now I'm just like, holy crap, that's so cool. How they they could have just done the same thing with both weapons because they're both dual wielded blades, basically. But one's a set of hooks, and and they also have like their motive. Their weapons are motivated by their characters. You know, Jet mm-hmm. is the guy who would have that. You know, like swinging around on trees, using them to like uh, a hook uh, to, to to like capture something to steal in. something. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Blue Spirit using his blades instead of bending. It almost feels like like yeah. if uh, there was a moment where. Uh, a firebender like shot a blast at him and he used a bucket of water to put the fire out and Mm. then knocked out the dude and i was thinking at first like why didn't he just firebend because he didn't kill the dude that dude was gonna wake up and be like someone got me definitely wasn't a firebender you know (laughs) right yeah it's genius yeah i was i was sprayed with water maybe if he didn't see the bucket and just thought you would assume water water and And the blue spirit's got a blue mask right it's kind of a perfect perfect disguise for him we we're a little bit ahead of this but i also love the way he gets in like under the cart sneaking in that way so cool dope um i love when he comes in and ang thinks he's about to attack him that like commercial commercial break break thing and then he cuts the ropes i like that little moment of suspense there um It, it it's memorable for like when that moment happened i was like oh i remember seeing this on nickelodeon the ah! yeah <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right um helicopter ang coolest thing you know yeah when he like breaks oh. the spear and, and makes he, it a helicopter he whips him he whips him up oh with yeah the spear. He, he, whips... he like does like an attack he's done in the past he's done that attack before the like mm-hmm. he's even used the same noise and just like shot of gust of air with like a downward stroke right. but he, he does it upwards. he used that and had suko ride the air instead mm-hmm. of being hit by it he rode the uh, that's yeah. just so cool and then helicopters up and grabs him with his feet and they start going away i love oh also uh can we talk about for a moment the score involved with the blue spirit We'll get to a musical moment later, but the the like tiny symbols, you know the. Oh yeah. I I don't even remember exactly the rhythm, but oh, it's it's so you could overdo it with this with the character of the blue spirit in so many ways, but that lends itself to this intrigue and stealth and uh, and then those know. moments uh with like. Uh, it's just like a wide with like, oh, is that like a, what is that in the middle of the shot? And then, yeah, and it like zooms in each shot. And then the Mm -hmm. last shot is just his face and he just slides out of the frame. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's almost funny because he just like slides out. (laughs) But the music makes it just like, oh, shit. Who is that? Yeah. So dope. Oh, we did skip. Xiao's speech in which he says, "Yeah, we will show everyone we are the superior element." Oh, pretty specific word choice. Fire so, supremacists. So yeah, if uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, Fire Nation, uh, they're not good. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's an interesting choice and a strong one to kind of go in a direction of uh, like yeah, the Fire Nation is 
what's the word for that? Uh, like a fascist yeah. state, yeah, trying Basically. to like take over the world, yeah, fascist um, dictatorship, yeah, and like because up till now it's it's like a for lack of better terms, a Disney version of that. Like, you got a bad guy in charge of a whole country, and that country is fighting everyone. But mm. now, just using the simple terminology, or this one word, superior, yeah. it's mm. so like, oh, that targets a thing in my brain. Oh, this isn't some Disney bad guy. This is this is not good. This yeah. is something they need to stop. And mm. uh, the thing that really struck me, too, was that you we've heard like little bits and pieces of like i think maybe even want only one with zuko as like a young boy talking about uh when he like is at that fire nation army meeting and he kind of speaks up like you can't just send those troops in to die there's clearly like some manipulation going on tons of manipulation going on mm-hmm. but this is like straightforward he zhao is straight up telling all these men they're going to burn an earth uh, city down they're just yeah. burning it down they're, and it's bossing say he's talking about the biggest yeah uh earth nation city and all of them are like hyped there isn't like right this weird yeah. there's never a moment where the camera shows a soldier feeling conflicted about it like we are at a moment in the war now where the soldiers are aware of what they're doing and they're glad to do it it's yeah. it's scary and ang isn't even there for it this is purely for the audience yeah this right. is for us to know mm-hmm. yeah this is the level of fuck that this and group of people are also for us to know how f- fuck headed Zhao is because uh what made me think of it was i saw my note of slightly later like in the midst of the battle where he's saying send a transcript of my speech and testimonials of how great it was to the fire lord it's like he's just doing this for clout capturing the avatar is going to help the fire nation in general but he he doesn't give a fuck he wants to it's be the selfish. one who do it you know yeah, it's, selfish. it's totally selfish um and that's what's so scary you know yeah <laughs> oh my god the uh the bamboo ladders which are that so is one cool of my favorite already. things they're yeah. so cool already the way they they bend up and lay against the wall and they're able to climb up them that way and then the way they use them to escape and so inventive what's, what's amazing too is their bamboo. So they would right. be super, super light and super durable. So it's not like a, okay, but a ladder that long, he'd never be able to lift it. If it was bamboo, right. you probably could. Yep. Uh, <laughs> something I wrote down that kind of might be like a, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> Aang totally like kills a bunch of people in this episode. <laughs> like I know he doesn't. Yeah. So what I wrote down, my theory, my headcanon, I'm thinking... Uh, benders like when he blows him down the ladder and stuff yes holy cow because like in the angle that he does it you're like oh that dude just got like shot down a whole story but then they cut to this wide shot of them using the ladders (laughs) and the ladders are like 50 feet tall right they're like five stories tall yeah so my headcanon is ang is aware of this but benders are just more durable you know or just people in this world are more durable because ang would not do anything knowing that someone could even be like severe like i don't think he would do anything to a firebender even knowing that they would be like paralyzed i feel like he's fully aware that what i or maybe he like pushes them away but creates like a pocket of air under them so that they like don't fall fast but they what i like to think is the air that he blows down at them gathers at the ground 
and creates like a little bit of an like a spider-man net kind of thing um that's what i'm gonna go ahead and (laughs) use as my headcanon although to be completely honest i think it might just be a logistical it's uh, one of those things where as soon as you start doing that you end up with spider-man ps4 which by the way is a fantastic amazing game yeah but every single time you're on a building and you kick a guy off the building uh a web ball shoots out of like your suit grabs onto him and makes him and sticks him to the side of the building, Mm. which is really cool. Cause it's like, Oh, so you can't kill people. That explains why. Yeah. But it gets to the point where you're like so far in the game that you're fighting like 30 enemies and you're just like (laughs) swinging around and there are just like hundreds of people sticking to the sides of buildings. (laughs) Like obviously they respawn and stuff, but just like in your head, you're thinking like, how, how are they going to clean this up? You know, how do you get a guy to the top of the Empire State Building to get this bad guy down? So, you know, it's one of those things where you shouldn't even ask, but I just did because it's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Well, they they narrowly make it out because Zuko uses the leverage of using, you know, pulling his swords up to Aang's throat. He's like, we need the Avatar alive. Using that, like, if he dies, he'll just be reborn thing against them. And makes his way out. He gets hit by the arrow, and it's revealed that it's Zuko. Um, and Aang just can't leave him. He, see, he, he has this, it, like, dust cloud that he brought up. And he sees the people approaching and knows they're just going to, like, fuck him up, you know, if they find out that it was him. Yeah, and think about that, too. He knows that they're not going to probably kill him because he's Zuko, you know? He's Fire Nation. Or in his head, I don't think he has any idea that Zuko is a banished prince. Does Mm. he or does he? I don't think so. I don't think so. Why would he? So to him, he's just thinking, oh, this guy shouldn't have done what he did. I don't know why he did that, but he's going to be in trouble. I don't know. It just feels like an even braver move of him to take him, probably assuming they're not going to kill him. I also think the the fact that in the scene that follows, he brings up how he's a kid. I think they have never, I mean, they've been close to each other, but he's always been like fighting each other. You know, they, 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 they've always been fighting each other. And he sees this knocked out 16 year old kid and how vulnerable he is and how young he is. And I think that affects. I think that affects his decision. I think that's Absolutely. part of why he takes him. And the he's a good scene, person. Yeah, the scene that follows is one. It's, it's I think it might be one my fa- one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Absolutely, I, mean, I think about yeah. this scene throughout the rest of the show. Me to the too. very very last episode of the show, I think about this scene. Yeah, not just how beautifully simple it is, but mm-hmm. like the colors. Like it goes yeah. from the camera they fade out of like a just like a dark hallway yeah. into this beautiful like Golden. canopy but kind of blurred mm-hmm. and then the camera s- settles down onto ang and except he's blurry and then mm-hmm. you realize oh it's zuko knocked out right i don't know like there's something about that it's a kind of reminiscent of uh lord of the rings return of the king when mm. uh or even in the first in uh fellowship both moments when frodo like wakes up after being asleep in a long time in rivendell I don't know this. It almost feels like a dream. No, I totally and get you. What he says to Zuko about oh. possibly being friends. Do you, think you just if want? We'd met how could you forget then? about that for the rest of the show? You're going to be thinking about that now. And Zuko is too. His face, you yeah. know, and and he goes off his instincts to like fire at him and try and capture him still, but. You but see his, it his like him. angry eyebrow settles in right. the very last moment, and we see him stuff. with his hair down for the first time. 
that's another yeah, thing that's, that I think is really interesting. We're seeing it looks really him cool too. in a different way than we've ever seen him animated before as well. And the 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 music that's throughout that scene we see is like uh, canonically Iro playing this fictional instrument next to the gemmed monkey from yeah. the pirate ship. Yeah, I totally he got a noticed bowl that from the pirates. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the sungi horn, right? Sungi horn is yeah what they call it, which uh, we both looked up. Uh, we talked about it before the episode, but it's based on uh, the the duduk, which is an Armenian instrument. Uh, it's a double reed woodwind instrument um, used to great effect here. And I love the final moments we get. Ank gets back to his friends, uh, gives them the frogs, which work, and is just exhausted. And we fade to Zuko. And that's what we're left with is Zuko looking up at the Fire Nation, the Fire Nation emblem yeah. with, ah, I don't know how to describe that look. Indifference. He's but, he's almost doubtful. He's yeah, like, yeah. He's first. He's finally realizing what that symbol represents. It doesn't mean Fire Nation. Yeah, it means so much more. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I was just, I was hoping that you would say that as the end because I, upon watching it twice, realized they should have ended it there. But then they cut back to Zuka or to Sokka being like. Oh, these frogs right. are gross. God and then it ends, you know? It's just yeah, like them being right. like, oh, these frogs are... But Aang at least gets to say... Uh, Sokka's like, did you make any friends? And Aang goes... No, I, I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a really nice moment. But then it just ends with them being like, ew, yuck. <laughs> and then it's... Brum, right. You know, like the happy music at the end. And you're yeah. like, that was such a sad moment to then... Cut. But, you know, they I would say... Just... <laughs> this is one of those episodes that balances beautifully between like funny sad dramatic action-packed they just had one little funny thing at the end there that kind of uh yeah which brings us to good moment of the week which actually there there was a lot of good moments in this one we that there was a lot of uh dramatic details i i think we both wanted to talk about but there was a lot of really yeah good... i skimmed over my comedy notes yeah because i wanted to yeah um i know what mine is i have two Okay. That I can't narrow down between, and maybe okay. yours is an entirely different one. I'm either uh, something about uh, Appa going, and then Sokka being like, <laughs> classic Appa. <laughs> I do love that. I don't that. know. That just yeah. really gets me. Yeah. And then it's all Sokka. Sick Sokka just calling <laughs> uh, Katara your highness when she's wearing that crown, <laughs> and then yeah. Katara's face with like a crooked crown on her right. head. Right. Like, help me, you know? <laughs> What's yours? Um, mine is uh, a Mo moment. Is it Momo <laughs> with the dead mouse? It's the POV where <laughs> Katara's talking oh, to yeah. him, and it's the, the fisheye <laughs> lens. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hundred percent that for me. I'm not budging on it. I'm sorry. I think I have to go with that too. That's <laughs> it's not just funny because it's like we get to see what it looks like from his point of view, but it's literally Katara talking like Momo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that voice actor had to go. <laughs> Which makes you wonder then. Is the times that he understands them just, like, coincidental, or is he being a dick in this episode, kind of? <laughs> you know? I think it or gets maybe only maybe only Aang know? can really communicate to him. Or, ah. You know? Yeah, I'm not sure. Or him and Appa can talk, and Appa can communicate with Aang. It leaves you a lot to think about, huh? It sure does. A great way to end this episode um, with mystery. Uh, I did want to give just one more shout-out. Uh, to someone I know who went to my 
uh, acting program, a uh, black artist who has just relaunched her magazine, Super Dope and Extra Lit, which is exactly as it sounds, um, but also has a lot of great political commentary. So if you're looking for a good resource, uh, and that's a good place to look, um, and if you're looking for more content for entertainment purposes, we have another podcast, uh, Legendary Four Adventures, where we and uh, our friends Dustin and Sam play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, next episode is The Fortune Teller. Should be coming out on Sunday. Stay tuned for that. I'm Calvin. And I'm Gary. Thanks for listening. <laughs>